Season 7, Episode 8 of the Tony G Show is here. I am here. I'm Tony G. He is here. That's Will McCormick. Hi, Yo, Will. How's it going, Tony? Going, going, going good. Golf wasn't great today. No, the final golf. Up th- we built up this final week. It was going to be so much fun. Like, it was going to be, oh my gosh, pay attention and, and you know, we're going to have a great week. It sucked. We golfed <laughs> one hole in, like, maybe two hours of golfing. I mean, come on. Granted, today, today was too foggy. Yeah, dude. today I woke up, I couldn't see across the field behind my place. Yeah, it was, it was bad. It was and real as we bad. got out to the golf course, uh, instead of just by where we live, it got worse, progressively worse mm-hmm. as you got towards the golf course. You couldn't even see. There was a car that came our direction. Came like, out oh, of the fog like a foot I from us. Didn't see that happen. But So our <laughs> golf updates are done. We're done now. Overall, Will, how was your, your golf season? It was fun. Yeah. Okay. I think... I'm looking forward. Well, I probably won't swing a, swing a golf club ever again in your life. Probably not. Not unless he, I'm like he's done. Really feel like doing something worth wasting time. Just knowing the amount of time that I don't have on my hands in the middle of a school year and season seven of the Tony G Show, How I am done swinging a golf club. I think until March. Yeah, sucks. You actually, we're pretty a pretty good shot actually. Once you get your drive going, yeah, that that's the I always veer to the right. Yeah, I do too. It's just bad. Yeah, it's all right. Today, I was confident with the swings. Today. We're hitting. Ended the season on a good note. Yeah. All right, time to get into the show. This is, again, Season 7, Episode 8. Don't forget, uh, before we get into the show, here I go saying I'm going to get into the show, stopping and pivoting before we get into the show to advertise something else. Don't forget to listen to the uh, Tony G Show interviews. Luca Kenyon came out yesterday. Yes, sir. Got a lot of positive feedback regarding that. Luca did great on the interview. She came around, and it was a really good conversation. We had fun talking to the SNC women's golfer. And we already have another one lined up. Mm-hmm. Well, next week, next Wednesday, we are going to release another Tony G Show interviews, this time the first of the October series. And that is going to be St. Norbert College men's hockey coach Tim Coglin. Super excited for this one. We are very excited to announce this one. The minute that he confirmed to me and Will via, mm-hmm. via email, Will and I both texted each other in all caps. <laughs> yeah. Let's go! I mean, it was a huge land to get yeah. that. Tim Coughlin, that's that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just ahead of his season, too. Practice for the men's hockey team begins on the uh, sometime next early next week, and then games are already starting for them early to mid-October. So they're going to get right into it. We're just catching him in the nick of time, so that's awesome. That'll be coming out next Wednesday, October. What is that, the 6th? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I think. Keep an eye out for the Tony G Show interviews. And we already have another one lined up for October, too. I mean, we are just cooking. Mm-hmm. You see why I say I have no time? I mean, these interviews, We're questions don't just in. come to me while I'm in the interview. Right. There's a lot of prep that went into this one, especially the Tim Coughlin one. So we look forward to bringing you another Tony G Show interviews next week, the October series. As for this episode, we're going to bring back a fan favorite segment of ours. Remember how we used to do the quarterback spotlight? Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz used to be on the spotlight. We've had Kyler Murray on the spotlight before. Russell Wilson won. Today, we're going to be talking about Derek Carr, the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback who is in the midst of an incredible season. Then, after the quarterback spotlight to kick off the show, we'll talk about why one team in the Major League Baseball postseason landscape is already worrying me. A World Series favorite is already worrying me that they might get bounced a little earlier than people are expecting. And then, of course, Tony G shows Picks of the Week. That's not the name of it. Tony G's Picks of Week 4. So that'll round out the episode. You ready to get into it, Will? Oh, I'm ready. Good episode today. We even got a little audio scheduled as well. So here we go. Tony G, Will McCormick, Season 7, Episode 8 of the Tony G Show. 
listening to The Tony G Show, now in its seventh season. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Also on Instagram at Tony G Ordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. Another quarterback spotlight for the Tony G Show. Another one. You missed this segment, Will? A lot of people have been saying that oh, I missed it. Yeah, I, I do enjoy these discussions. Fan favorite segment. I'm glad that we came up with this in season six and continuing it here in season seven, episode eight. Quarterback spotlight: Derek Carr. He is in his eighth season in the Raiders organization, now Las Vegas, formerly Oakland. He has Las Vegas off to a three and O start this season, a 33-27 overtime victory against the Ravens on Monday Night Football. Post game interview with ESPN's Lisa Salters that we will pull up and use as audio in this argument and discussion today. Week 2, they got the victory in Pittsburgh against the Steelers, 26-17, and then they got a victory at home against the Dolphins, 31-28. Closer game than what I would have expected. So I want to use this audio as sort of a baseline for how I look at Derek Carr now. Because Derek Carr before this season was the guy who didn't have a lot of confidence the guy who didn't have a lot of direction, the guy who not a lot of people bought into, including his teammates, including his coaching staff. There were some mufflings before this season and even before last season that it was maybe time to make a switch for the Raiders. i got to be careful here. I can't be calling them Oakland. I mean, they're both Oakland and Las Mm -hmm. Vegas uh, for the sake of this argument for the last eight years of Derek Carr's career. But there have been discussions about maybe Derek Carr isn't the guy to buy into. David Carr, his brother, wasn't the guy. People thought he was going to be the next big thing when he was in Houston playing for the Texans, and then he never really panned out. And people are kind of tying that argument into Derek's uh, NFL career, saying that maybe he's not the guy to buy into as a franchise quarterback to build around. I kind of bought into it. I never really looked into it in depth. I never really said to myself, wow, Derek Carr is either the guy or he is either not the guy. I never looked into that argument too in depth. But after the start that they have gotten to this season, it's quite impressive to me. And I'm starting to buy into the Raiders a little bit more. They're on Monday Night Football again, so they will be included in Tony G's Picks of the Week. So we'll go into that game at that time of the show during everybody's fan favorite segment, Tony G Picks of the Week. Heading into this week and after the season, after the scope and the landscape of the Raiders season so far, I think that it is fair to say... Granted, their opponents that they've beaten haven't been the most impressive, but I think I can buy into the Las Vegas Raiders. The media perspective on the Raiders right now is that they have not beaten anybody good or, you know, they're not battle-tested. Ravens, they got the win. Overtime, you could argue that was sort of a lucky victory. They almost won it, then didn't, almost lost it, then didn't, and then they ended up winning it. And the Ravens haven't had the most impressive season that people would have thought that they would have to this point. So people take away from that victory. People take away from the Pittsburgh Steelers win because it's the Steelers. I don't buy into the Steelers. I've said it numerous times. They have a bad offense. I don't buy into them. They've taken away from the Dolphins win because it wasn't that big of a win at home against the Miami Dolphins, who are, by the way, on their second quarterback already this season. Yeah. So a lot of people are pulling away from the 3-0 and start and calling them fakes. I don't think they're fakes. And I think it all starts with Derek Carr. They have great wide receivers. They have a good offensive line. They have a good defense as well. They even got a tight end stud in Waller. They have 
you could argue a two-headed monster out of the backfield in Kenyon Drake Jacobs as well. So you could argue that um, you know maybe that they, it isn't the most impressive backfield, but it's still it's serviceable. It's very serviceable. It's very capable to win a lot of games in this league. There's some talent on that offense. I buy into them, but I think it all starts as everybody knows that organizations start around a quarterback. I think it all starts in Las Vegas this season with the Raiders under Derek Carr. Let's pull up this audio, and here's what I want you to take away from this. Listen to the demeanor of the Raiders quarterback in this interview. Listen to how he sounds, to how he talks, to how he persuades the viewers of this interview that the Raiders are for real. Tell me that that does not sound like a more confident Derek Carr, a more poised, Mm -hmm. a more dangerous, even a more experienced Derek Carr than we have heard in years past. You know what he sounds like to me, Will? Hmm. Is he sounds like a winner. That holds a lot of weight with me. Mm -hmm. Because if you sound like a winner, then you sound like you're not faulting in any of your beliefs of yourself or your team. If you sound like a winner, then you sound like you have it figured out. Yeah, looking for excuses. You're not looking for excuses. You're not looking for ways to buy out of answering the question. You answer, you full bore, answer the question, full steam ahead, and take on whatever the reporters have for you. You sound like a winner. You sound well put together. You sound like this is a team that's going to go win a couple games and even make a postseason run. You know what sticks out to me, Will, is how he makes continued references towards his defense. Mm -hmm. He continuously refers to them as, the lifeblood to this team. He doesn't Rightfully put it on himself. So. He doesn't say it's his offense. He doesn't say it's his young and talented wide receivers. He says it's this defense, mm-hmm. who year after year has been counted out. And, I mean, for, rightfully for so. solid reasons. For solid reasons. He brought up how people have been bashing them all offseason. They came in and they get him the ball back. He said he has 100% confidence that they were going to get the ball back in that situation. And he didn't. he didn't just sound like he said it to say it. Mm-hmm. To say the right thing. Although, how would, it, how would it sound like if he said I wasn't very confident? Just hey, to play devil's advocate. I, I get what you're saying. 
But listen to the demeanor of how mm-hmm. he said it. He said it like he really believed it. Like deep inside, he was he was buying into the fact that this defense was going to get him the ball back late in that game. Again, this was week one, the Monday night victory over the Ravens. He sounds like a winner. He sounds well put together. Yeah. And you I listen mean, to a Carson Wentz talk, and it's not that way. He just sounds like he's never really in control. He sounds like he doesn't trust his, the team around him. He just sounds like he doesn't buy in. And I think the feelings for his confidence in the defense is for good reason. Like, um, I was able to pull up some stats looking at defensive rankings over the years. Um, starting in 2018, they were ranked 32nd, dead last uh, in the defensive rankings. Yeah. Uh, 2019, they were 24th. 2020, they were 30th. And now... Sitting in 2021, three games in, they're ranked 15th, which yeah. is massive improvement. It is improvement. year over year. They're middle of the pack now. Yeah, which is like that's Green Bay. It's sometimes middle of the pack, maybe a little bit above the middle, but in that area, most seasons they sit kind of in that. Well, I mean, middle. 2018, 32nd. Yeah, that's bad. What? That's real bad. You, you can't. You year. can't win games without defense. You, you literally can't. You're right. They can't win games without defense. You. It's not, it's not what you do in the NFL. 2018, 30, the worst defense. Mm-hmm. And people want to fault Derek Carr and ask right. for him to be released from the team to, to be traded so they can get someone else. Okay, well, let's look at the scenario of if you go get someone else. Let's say you draft somebody. Mm-hmm. How is that working for the Jets with Zach Wilson? How is that working with the Jaguars for Trevor Lawrence? Right. It's not. It's not looking too hot. It's not working at all. So I get it. You want to draft and, and plan ahead, and it's it's the guy of the future. But the Raiders right now with the roster that they have, I think they're built for postseason play. Do I think they're going to win a Super Bowl? I, you know, maybe, you know, if they play the right game. Again, it's mm-hmm. football. Any, yeah, any team game. can win on every given day. But the way the roster is shaping up, I wouldn't say they're a Super Bowl caliber team. There's certainly some holes that need to get filled. But it's still worth mentioning that this team now that they have this year is definitely a little bit more, they have a little more swag to mm-hmm. them, a little more confidence to them, a little more sway to them. You're not going to come in and beat these. These aren't the Raiders that were 3-13. and 13. These aren't the Raiders that were 4-12 and 12 in 2018, Derek Carr. That was the year that they had the worst offense in the league. Derek Carr, it, it all starts with him, yes, of course, but we mentioned that it certainly does take a defense. Back to Derek Carr. You look into his season statistics, and some of the main takeaways, the main points that I want to make this year compared to former years. Well, so far through the first three games this season, Derek Carr is averaging 401 yards per game. That's real good. You know what the pace is, Will, that he's trying to set here? What is it, Tony? He's on pace for over 6,800 yards which would shatter the NFL season passing yards record by over 1,300 passing yards. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, it's just a pace. Right. It's week four. There's a lot of football to be played left, a lot of good teams to play. But the point here being, regardless, that this is a different team this year. Mm-hmm. These are numbers that Derek Carr has not put up before in his career. Never been done before. His quarterback, rate, quarterback rating higher than years past. More yards than years past. Touchdowns, six to two interceptions. This is a guy who's had trouble throwing interceptions before. A guy not turning it over as much. 
He's making better decisions, more sound decisions. He's more accurate. He's more thought out. He's more well put together. The point of this argument is being that Derek Carr is on pace to be the MVP this season. On pace being the key here. I'm not saying that he's going to be. This isn't a prediction, but he is on pace to be the MVP. He is on pace to lead his Raiders into a deep playoff run. He is on pace to win this division, a division that a lot of people had the Chiefs winning in week one. A division that a lot of people thought the Raiders would be at the bottom of. And now the division this year is a little more topsy-turvy than people thought it would be. The Chiefs are the lone fourth-place team in this division. Behind the Broncos, who are having a good year. They're 3-0, and off to a faulty start, though. They're fakes. Who have they beaten? The Jets, the Jaguars? I, yeah. You don't buy into the Broncos. They're definitely going to be at the bottom of the division towards uh, January, December, January. Chargers, they're a good team. I like them a lot. I think maybe... 10 wins this season, maybe. They're a good team. They're going to be second, third place. Raiders, Chiefs, definitely going to Chiefs definitely going to pick it up. But the Raiders right now are positioning themselves to win this division. Granted, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Point here being, Raiders are a dangerous team. Yeah. Derek Carr is well put together. Derek Carr is more sound, more thought out. He's dangerous, man. This man has experienced. He referenced it in that audio that this has been a team unlike years that he's had in the past. He's mentioned he's faced defenses like this anymore. He just doesn't seem phased. He doesn't seem worried. He doesn't seem nervous. He doesn't seem anxious. He seems like a veteran quarterback. He's got that C patch on his jersey for a reason. That is a captain. That is a leader. That is a guy who's on pace to be the MVP this season. Definitely more comfortable in the pocket taking shots downfield more, trusting these wide receivers and these linemen. There is so much potential here in Las Vegas for the Raiders to be this world-beater type of team. I really do buy into them. I think I will, I too, like following this this game against the Chargers for the sole fact that the Steelers were the best defense they've played so far, ranked number 12. Yeah. Otherwise, we have the Dolphins coming in at 23rd and then the Ravens coming in at 26th. Yeah. Not impressive. Chargers are sitting at number seven right now. That's a pretty respectable opponent. Very. And I believe the Chargers are the favorite right now. I think that might be in your picks of week. Picks of yes, the week. it is. Yep. Um, so this is going to be a telling week. This is a pretty solid Chargers team they're going Absolutely. against. It'll be, it'll add, it'll or totally destroy your argument or totally verify it. But it's going to be interesting to see how they play because right now they're looking pretty darn good. Yes. There's a lot riding on this week. For yeah. For sure, in terms of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Not only will I pick that game coming up, I'll explain why in Tony G's Picks of the Week. Derek Carr, to me, is like another Matthew Stafford. He's a younger, more mm-hmm. youthful Matthew Stafford. Yeah. A guy who's always kept his head up, mm-hmm. always always takes hits right on the nose, and yeah. just gets right back up. And as soon as he goes to a better team, he'll be, everyone will realize how good he is. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Derek Carr in... Tampa Bay. Imagine Derek Carr. In, With a good defense for the last four years. I mean. Exactly. Yep. Imagine Derek Carr in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Where old Big Ben should have retired a year ago. Right. This would be a completely different sort of situation. Mm-hmm. But the reason Derek Carr has been on this trajectory and in this narrative of he's not the guy to build around in a franchise setting is because Derek Carr doesn't have a defense. Right. We, like, like we've been talking about mm-hmm. through this entire argument. Defense builds confidence. That's when you can start taking shots as an offense. You can start taking chances downfield. And we're seeing it in the numbers. I mean, he's throwing 
400 yard games, averaging 401 yards per game. Yeah. That's that's chucking it downfield. It's something to think about moving forward. It's definitely something to take note of because, mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't seen Derek Carr like this before. Right. This is a whole new Derek Carr. This is a dangerous Derek Carr, mm-hmm. and this is a dangerous Raiders team, and a, a Raiders team that I, I as Tony G of the Tony G Show, in this quarterback spotlight, I buy into. Yeah, Raiders I, are a dangerous team. I think I could too. I, I just want to see like where, where they kind of pan out after this week. This week's gonna be really fun to watch. So I mean, at home against the Bears. Don't count out the Bears. I mean, they're sitting at nineteen. That's you know a little bit below below middle of the pack, but well. I don't even think it's yet. about Bears defense. I mean, their offense is just bad. Yeah, it's true. Justin Fields is not good. Mm, I knock on wood. <laughs> Moving on, then they got the Broncos AFC West matchup in Denver. Be a good game, potentially. Denver. Seeing how the potentially, I think the Raiders will take that one though. Yeah, at home against the Eagles, that's another win. On the road against New York, the Giants, that's another win. Their toughest game in the next two months is the Chiefs at home after that Giants game. That'll be one that can go either way. Mm-hmm. Then they got the Bengals at home. They'll probably win that one. Then they head on the road to Dallas. Will, this is a 12-13 win team this year. We'll see if they can make a playoff push. I mean, the most see dangerous games on their schedule, the two Chiefs games, uh, probably the two Chargers games, and then maybe the Cowboys. Browns, too, you could even throw in there, but, I, you know. Chiefs don't scare me as much this year. They don't. They seem like they're kind of falling behind a little bit. Yeah, they're... It seems like they're they are a team that relies on their offense to get everything done, and now they don't have any defense whatsoever. Do you know what they're sitting at right now? I know we're talking about defensive rankings, but I bet you'd never guess. Twenty eight. Thirty one. Thirty one. Their defense. Thirty one. That's what you get when you. That's bad. When you put everything into offense. Yeah. It's what happens. They're sitting at the bottom of the division now. They're only above the the Detroit Lions. Wow. I would not think the Lions are down there that much. Thirty-seven. The worst defense in the league is the As Detroit Lions. Of, at to this point in the season, yeah, three games in. Okay. Granted, that's not a very big sample size, but it's I mean, not, but it's still worth mentioning. I mean, right. We're starting to see who teams are. Right. And the teams are starting to figure themselves out a little bit too. You know, mm-hmm. you always give three or four games, so almost like a preseason type of deal for teams to figure out their identity and where they're headed this year. I like the Raiders. This is a twelve-win team. This is a thirteen-win team. It's a team that's going to win the division. You with me? We'll see. <laughs> I'm not as bought in, but you're not as bought. We'll in. see. I, I feel like a lot of people aren't, but I'm going to trust my gut on this one. I'm not saying they're going to be bad either. I just, I don't know. I feel like every year people are like the Raiders are going to be so good, and then they're just average. Okay. So we'll see. But we will see. You know what? I'm going to buy a Raiders magnet and put it on somewhere in Tony G Studios here. We yeah. To see it. Because <laughs> I buy into him so much. All right. <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see if you actually do it. Will's had enough of that. Will has had enough of that. All right. You had enough of Derek Carr talk? Yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready for this next one. Quarterback spotlight. Ta- chat about. I am also. The whole show is just stressing me out. I know. Because of this segment in particular. There's one team. Remember I set this up in the intro by saying there's one team that's really worrying me. Heading into their postseason season, postseason, 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 season in the post. Yeah, <laughs> post of the season. Really heading into postseason, there's one baseball team that everybody has slated as one of the World Series favorites uh, that is worrying me. 
And that would be the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm -hmm. You know why, Will? Momentum, man. We talked about this like three episodes ago. Wrong answer. No, I mean, they're not playing very well right now. For me. Yeah, okay. Maybe that's a good point. That is... That is one of the reasons. That's just not the reason that I was thinking. Okay. Give me your reason, Tony. Here's this storyline that came out yesterday, Will. Devin Williams, the all-star setup man out of the bullpen for the Brewers, broke his hand. You know how he did it? You know how he did Ask me how he did it, Will. How did he do me. it, Tony? Will, Devin Williams broke his hand because after the celebration on Sunday where they clinched the division, he had a couple drinks as he went out and he punched a wall. All right. That's Brewer's luck. Alcohol played a factor in this. Here's why this worries me. Because championship winning teams don't do this. Or championship winning players. That too. But teams as a whole don't. I mean, the right. argument I'm going to span this out to is, do the Dodgers do this? I mean, I'm sure no. they do. But they don't punch walls drunkenly. See, that's the point I'm making. Yeah. They don't have occurrences like this. Do the Yankees have something like this happen? No. Do the Red Sox have something like this happen? No. Championship winning teams don't do this. Would you say this is a team thing, though? I mean, I feel like this is one player doing this. It definitely is. I really don't. I, I don't think you can put this on the team. But you live as a team and you die as a team. I, well, I wholeheartedly agree, but like to just, say that the Dodgers don't go out and have celebration drinks or whatever is... I'm not saying that they don't, Okay, but they okay. control themselves. This is something that championship-winning clubs don't do. Don't have that happen. What a mock. What a shame. It's too bad. I, I cannot believe it. And he had this... He had to meet with the, the media. Him and David Stern sat and talked with the media side by side. David Stern has his back and, you know, Brewers have his back, whatever. He sounded pretty remorseful. He sounded pretty apologetic. I get it. I would too. I I would feel so embarrassed if I had this happen. Oh yeah, should be. But another reason that I want to make for the argument that championship winning teams don't do this is because championship winning teams clinch a division, get their business done in the regular season, and then they know there's a job to do in the postseason. Then they know there's more work to come. Then they know the job isn't finished. Is this something Kobe Bryant would have done? When he sat there on this podium and said, a reporter asked him, why aren't you happy? You just took a 2 3 nothing lead, whatever it was, when he was in this press conference. He goes, job's not finished. I don't think this is a team problem. I kind of disagree with you on that. Is the job finished? No, but I don't when think it's a team celebrate problem. celebrate and act like an idiot, and I now agree. you broke your hand. I agree, but I don't think this is a direct... Stupid. I know, it is really stupid. It's really irritating. I didn't even... Like, this is it's ridiculous. It's it's so unprecedented too. I mean, who would have thought that? Like I heard he broke his hand, but I didn't hear how until you like literally just now told me. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though. These championship winning teams, let's pull up this Kobe example. The Lakers. We won the division, we won the conference. Let's go out and have some fun and, and relax. But let's control ourselves with the understanding that there's jobs to come. There's work to be done. Does and one, we can't be acting like idiots and getting ourselves injured and hurt and do anything stupid to hurt our chances at getting a ring this season. I disagree with you. I don't think one bad apple it, one bad apple ruins the bunch, which is too bad. But I don't think that's the Brewers. I, I don't think it's a team issue. I wholeheartedly disagree. I... 
I think we're on two different sides here because because yes, I'm right. <laughs> because Will's right. I think we're on two different sides here because I'm more of the theoretical understanding here and the idea and the concept. How many different things should I call this? And the concept that you live as a team and you die as a team. Yeah. So when one stupid player goes out and acts like an idiot, then it's the whole team's problem. So this is a team thing. It's That's a team. It's a team's problem, a team. yes, but it's not a. Uh, it's not indicative. Indicative. It doesn't show what the whole team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna try to figure out what. It doesn't show the whole team's. I don't know. It doesn't. It shouldn't speak for the whole team. I, I get where you're going with it, though. I get that, like you, the team should have enough, like. There's a conceptual understanding. Is if, if yeah. you're gonna go out and have fun. That you're not going to do anything stupid. He said he got. He said he got frustrated and punched a wall. I don't, I don't know, know what ticked him off at this point in the night. I don't know what. Right. It, what they, I don't think they're saying. I don't think anybody has said as to what the cause of his frustration was. But if it's something to the point where you are getting frustrated because you put yourself in a situation now, I'm just speculating. Put yourself in a situation that didn't have to arise. Because you should have known that there was more work to do. Make a stupid decision, probably because you're all, you know, alcohol was a factor in this. I mean, they went out and had drinks and mm-hmm. they were drinking their champagne and stuff after they clinched. Alcohol played a factor in it. You have to control yourself. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely, there's no excuse for Yeah, I, I agree with you on there's that. There's none. I, I can't. Devin Williams is an individual. But not a team. Devin Williams is an individual who is part of a team. Was he with the team? I, I Those are details I don't think have been specified. So that makes a difference to me. But still. He what should know he should know he should know his place in the team and that and that he, he's he's important. Let you should know you, that. Let me put you in a situation here, Will. Two thousand I don't know. Something. 2000, one of the years that the Patriots were really good. I think mm-hmm. the 2008 year that they were undefeated and they lost in the Super Bowl. Put yourself on that team, a team that's undefeated, coached by the strict Bill Belichick, coached by the accountable Tom Brady, who holds his team accountable, who is the captain, who holds himself accountable. Does something like this happen? Does it? No. Championship winning teams don't allow this to happen. Championship winning teams understand that they have to control themselves. It, it is what it is. So where do you go um, from here? If you're Devin I mean, Williams, I mean, I does mean, like Jason Pierre-Paul holding fireworks in his hands does that show that he's not? Is that like a Giants problem? It's a good example, but it's an off off season. Still, alcohol wasn't involved. They want to compete during the fourth. At of least July. to the extent that the Devin Williams one was. I don't know. It seems kind of weird. So. Uh, Oh, who was the Giants receiver who shot himself in the leg? Um, Number seven, Plaxico Burris. Plaxico Burris. I don't. I just don't. I mean, I understand that, like, to a point, team needs to like have enough, like, mutual understanding that they need to be smart about things. But yep. at some point, like, this isn't the Brewers' fault. <laughs> I don't know. I, I get where you're going with it. I get that, like, I, it's Devin that, Williams' fault. Yes, yes. Like, and I get championship-winning teams don't do this. But at the same time, like how much? It's not like the Brewers were like saying, "Go out and 
get, you know, incredibly intoxicated, please, because you won, you know, <laughs> like that's not what they, I'm sure they weren't, I'm sure they weren't advertising it like that. Sure. Yep. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's a team dynamic thing. And I guess we're both, we're just probably just different, uh, we're, we're in different uh, philosophies towards this, I guess. Right. And maybe, maybe it's just frustration and anger on my part because maybe you hold so high hopes mm-hmm. and then you have it's a hope your, that kills you the team really has a good season and they clinch and it's looking like they're gonna have a really good postseason and then they might make a world series run and then they just do something stupid like this it's like why every year does something have to get in the way hey tony play playoffs haven't even started yet so don't don't count them out yet dumb dumb i mean don't come count on out yet I ain't, I ain't saying they aren't going to win anything. You know, I still hold my hope. I still ride with the team. Mm-hmm. I'm still a fan of Devin Williams. I mean, for goodness sake. Not as sake, much. He's still on my fantasy team. He's not, you know, it's not like I got to drop him. And now, you know, I, he's still part of the team. It's it maybe just frustration. What's the because extent? Because I, I see the trajectory here, Will. Right. Championship winning teams don't allow that to happen. And here we are, and this is happening, and now we're going to still say that this is a championship team? I mean, Championship players don't allow it to happen, Tony. It could happen, but... I mean, come on. I don't... How did... How, I don't know. That's just it's just pure frustration. I, I cannot... What's the... Do you know the extent, or do they not have, like, the length of injury yet? I mean, obviously, it's broken, he needs but... surgery. He's oh, done for so the season. Done. Okay. I think they said something about there's a chance he could be back if there was a World Series run. Whatever. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, this was the setup that got him to this point, Will. Mm-hmm. Was the lockdown eighth inning from Williams a lockdown ninth inning from Hader? That's what got him to this many wins. And now here they sit. Williams makes a stupid decision like this. Mm-hmm. Now he's done for the postseason. Come on. Are you kidding me? Goodness gracious. Unbelievable. Un- unbelievable. Will, unbelievable. I have on this a script of ours, Will, that we could start talking about the postseason roster. But I'm gonna get so mad because yeah, it's not even look at it. They're gonna do <laughs> the first. I mean, see, I switch over tabs on the computer so we can start talking about this and have a conversation about the the the, the roster, the postseason roster. And the first name I see is Brett Anderson, mm-hmm. who pitched today for the Brewers against the Cardinals. Gave up two three runs in five innings, like usual. Brett Anderson, the old man who can't keep the other team off the board for nothing. God. <laughs> I mean, it's just pure anger. It's mm-hmm. like pent up inside of me, Will. So there's no bias in this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> none. None whatsoever. <clears throat> oh, I'm cooling off. All right. Just, you know. You know what will cool you off? What? Make it some picks. Okay. I'm not even going to. We're done with the roster thing. Listen, I do want to cap this off because I know Devin Williams is a huge fan of the show. I don't hate you. This is like the dad talk of like, I don't love you anymore. You're not mad, just disappointed. I'm just disappointed, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and I know you are too. I know that if you could go back in time, you'd change it. But dog. You're pretty mad. I'm pretty mad. <laughs> I mean, as a fan. Oh, yeah. It's just frustrating. It's pure emotion mm-hmm. that is just boiling inside of me.
Pure emotion. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does it happen? I don't know. Will, come on, man. <laughs> oh. Let's turn that emotion into some good picks here, Tony. Do you want to do my picks of the week? Not I don't want really. to take a nap. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just mad. I mean, it looks pretty easy. It couldn't do any worse than you. <laughs> wow. Just got blasted from that. <laughs> from Tony. Jeez. Okay, okay. Now I see where you stand. Six and nine. Step it up, Tony. Is my record so far. It is brutal. 77 and 55 overall. I think it's a better week, though. I really feel like this could be a better week. Mm -hmm. And I've said that before, and it hasn't been. Yeah. But I feel like this is a good week. I, feel I, like think I, got... it, I think if you say that enough, you'll be right at least once. <laughs> <laughs> One out of five is not bad. What's wrong with 20%? Baseball, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible, actually. I think. Yeah. Well, anyways, well, I, I do feel good. I want to make a prediction here of my predictions. I'm going to say 4-1 and one this week. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> the look on Will's face as I see You're making that. hard picks, dude. You have hard games to choose. I do. See, and that's the point that I think we're forgetting here is that I pick the toughest games from mm -hmm. each time slot. Granted, there's only one Thursday, Sunday night, and Monday night. So those three are set. But the Sunday noon and the afternoon games, I pick the toughest ones. Mm -hmm. I don't just pick gimmies. Yeah. I think we're forgetting that. Hold a little respect for Tony G's picks of the week. All right, let's start with tonight. Jaguars 0-3 in Cincinnati facing the Bengals at 2-1. Trevor Lawrence is bad. We mentioned him earlier in the show. Trevor Lawrence is uh, pretty bad so far. I mean, it's a brutal start to the season for him. Very lackluster. Very unimpressive. Uh, I don't like what I see from him. Bengals, I do like what I see from him. We've mentioned uh, their name a couple times on the show, like Burrow, like their wide receiving core. I think this is a team that is going to finish over 500 this year. Maybe at or around 500, but mm -hmm. over 500. I yeah. don't think this is a team that's going to be... Certainly not a losing nine. record. No, absolutely not. What does that mean for this week, though? I think the Jaguars are just that bad. They don't have themselves figured out offensively, defensively. They thought they were going to be better than they were. They're not as good, so now they're panicking, trying to figure out what the heck to do to win a game this year. And it's not going to come this week. Bengals, the 7.5-point favorites, they're going to get the win 31-10 at home on Thursday Night Football. That's pick one. Sunday noon game. Panthers 3-0, Cowboys 2-1. Two names I want to bring up. On offense for the Panthers, Sam Darnold. He's MVP caliber season so far. Mm -hmm. Cowboys on the other side, Micah Parsons. Also MVP caliber season this so far. He's going to be a reckoning force in this game. He's going to be the challenge for Sam Darnold that I don't think Sam Darnold saw coming. However, I think that there is a little bit of confusion as well on this Panther side. I don't think this is a good matchup for the Carolina Panthers. Not favorable? Not favorable. Mm -hmm. I'd and agree. I, and I, Cowboys favorites, four and a half point favorites. I'm going to go with Cowboys in this game. That's good, because they'll, they'll probably end up losing. <laughs> Whatever. Sunday afternoon, Cardinals 3-0, Rams 3-0. This is going to be another good one. Mm -hmm. Great game. I'm going to go with the Rams by 7, 28-21. They're the best team in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. Cleanest team in the NFL. Yeah. Matthew Stafford's playing out of his mind. Best well-rounded team. team. Yeah, absolutely. I love Kyler Murray. I do like what the Cardinals He's got electric. Going. I don't buy into them. I like the Rams this week. Sunday night football. Buccaneers 2-1, Patriots 1-2. Patriots haven't really been good, haven't really found an identity since the Brady departure. And the Buccaneers just keep getting better. 
They just added Richard Sermon this past week heading into this week. I don't think he'll play much of a factor this week. Probably not. I don't think he'll even suit up. I don't know that for sure, though. But the point is, they continuously find ways to get better. I like Buccaneers in this one. 34-21 on the road in New England. Monday Night Football. Raiders 3-0, Chargers 2-1. I buy into both teams. Mm -hmm. Talked about the Raiders earlier in the show. Derek Carr, quarterback spotlight. Chargers, I think, are a little bit better than people are making them out to be. I think they're they're a 10-win team this season. Yeah. I do like them. So what's the difference in this ballgame? I think the Raiders are going to head into Los Angeles, play the Chargers well, the way the Dallas Cowboys did, and I think the Raiders are going to get a win. Yeah, I mean, you, you'd have to choose them. Otherwise, you just totally <laughs> obliterate your argument you made. They're going to move for segment. 21-16 win in Los Angeles against the Chargers. You like what I put down, Will? Yeah, I like it. Bengals, Panthers, Rams, Buccaneers, Raiders. 20 G's picks of the week. See what happens. If I go 4-1 and one this week, I'm 10-10 ten and ten on the year. So we can break even. <laughs> you, and if you go 5-0... and oh, Hey, look out. We're in the Sally. green. 11 and 9? Come on. Will is just reeking of disbelief right now. Like, he just so does not buy into me. I mean, I, I have belief in you, Tony. I, I never lose belief. Never lose hope. Yeah, okay. Did you ever have belief in me? Yeah. First season. First time I did picks <laughs> of the week. Before you were even. It's like, wow, he was like 27 and 16. Whatever, whatever you were to start out. Tony G's picks of the week. That'll conclude the episode. Get out of here, Will. I'm tired of you. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was it for golf. Yeah. That was it for the season. Luca Kenyon yesterday. That was a great interview. Tim mm-hmm. Coglin next week. We didn't even get to use our golf tips. Didn't even get to try. Nope. It sucks. It sucks, sucks. Oh, well. Sucks. I'll see you on the golf course tonight then. You'd, yeah, maybe you should go hit some. Uh... <laughs> Bad idea. Yeah. Okay. We can't even find our, our uh, drives during the day. No, yeah, that's a good point. Get some lights out there. Anna. That'll do it for the show. Remember, no Thursday episode next week. That's Taking right. Taking that one off. Tuesday only. Yep. That'll be another episode of Tony G's Picks of the Week, another edition. So, all right. That'll do it. Hey, thanks for coming around, Will. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> this will do it for another episode of the show. We'll see you Tuesday for the only episode of the week. Besides the Tim Coughlin interview, which we'll release Wednesday morning. Tony G Show, thanks for tuning in, Tony G Nation. Thanks for listening to the Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 